This is show 388, and we're talking with John Hayes. He's an expert in franchises. And while we do discuss literal franchising, the point of the show is the power of successful systems in our lives and our work. John has a long history with Ziggler, as you will learn. Hey, a quick reminder, go to ask dot zigshow.com to ask your questions. We'll be addressing them in the next show. You can record it right there on the page so we can use your recording, your voice in the podcast. Ask.zigshow.com. what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. If you can't take a huge step to begin with, take as big a step as you can, but take it now. That's the key. Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today is a brand new day, and it's yours. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we continue the legacy of Zig Ziggler, the world's foremost authority on the fuel for everything we pursue, motivation, inspiration, and a confident self-image. We apply that fuel to leadership, personal growth, sales, faith, family, and success. Our foundational purpose is to inspire true performance, and this is the goal of every show. I'm Kevin Miller, show host and devoted evangelist of inspiration. Tom Ziegler, Zig's son and the CEO of Ziegler, and I come to you every week to discuss Zig's teachings and bring you the absolute best of today's most inspirational leaders. We get down to the roots of what will absolutely expand human potential, your potential, to it. This episode of The Ziggler Show is brought to you in part by Braintree. If you do business online, you remember the first dollar you made. Now you want to grow to make your millionth. You need the right payments partner to grow with you. Braintree lets you accept every way to pay, from PayPal to Apple Pay and everything in between. All it takes is one integration. It doesn't matter what currency your customers use because Braintree lets you accept over 130 of them. To learn more about how your company can grow with Braintree, visit BraintreePayments.com slash Ziggler. That's BraintreePayments.com slash Ziggler. So folks, our focus today is on successful systems, the power of successful systems, habits in your personal life and career or business life. And we've brought in an expert, John Hayes. So a bit about John real quick. John was the founding editor of the original Zig Ziglar newsletter and helped build the list from 200 subscribers in 1995 to 25,000 in just a few years times. He said our biggest hurdle was to get Zig familiar with the newsletter and to start mentioning it from the stage. Once that happened, the list ballooned to more than 50,000 subscribers. Now, folks, today that list is, of course, in the hundreds of thousands, but that's where it started with John. So John is also a former Ziggler series speaker on the topics of marketing, PR, and business development, and he co-authored the book Network Marketing for Dummies with Zig. He's authored more than 20 nonfiction books, including numerous Amazon.com bestsellers in the small business and franchising category. 
but the last six years, he's been on the faculty of Gulf University for Science and Technology in Kuwait. It's the first private university in Kuwait. Uh, he's a member of the College of Business, where he teaches marketing and communications, and also the School of Mass Communications, where he teaches writing. So today, John is a franchise expert, has been for a long time. Uh, he's actually taught for 25 years at the International Franchise Expo, which happens at the Javits Center in New York City, which this year, 2016, uh, it's June 16th through the 18th. There's going to be 400 franchises exhibiting there and 20,000 people attending from 120 countries. So this year, John will again be teaching his renowned course there at the event, the A to Z's of buying a franchise. It happens actually on June 18th of the event. It's the only event at the expo that routinely sells out. John has three free tickets and you're going to hear more about this in the show folks, but, uh, the tickets cost 120 bucks. He's got three free ones to award to listeners who send him an email at John at HayesWorldwide.com. That's H A Y E S worldwide.com. And just put in the subject line, free seminar ticket. Okay, folks here, then I bring you Tom Ziegler and our interview with John Hayes. So John, you have a long history with Ziegler from founding the Ziegler newsletter and instigating the growth of the big Ziegler email list to being a prominent Ziegler speaker to co-authoring the book network marketing for dummies with Zig. And it's a gift to have you here with us now to bless the current and massively growing Ziegler audience today. So just thank you so much for being with us. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. And I'm the one who's blessed <laughs> to have spent time with Zig Ziegler. That's just unimaginable. Many millions of people want, wanted that opportunity and didn't get it. And to just be there at the right time when 1995, when Tom and others said, hey, we need to have one of these online newsletters. How do we do that? And uh, then network marketing comes along and I get selected to write a book with Zig Ziglar. Now, that just doesn't happen. So uh, it was it was a great blessing for me. It's it's uh, made huge differences in, in my life. Uh, having been associated with the Ziegler organization at all levels. Well, likewise, likewise. And, you know, in asking you about a major impact Zig and, and his message had on your life, you cited, I'm better than good because Zig reminded you and all of us that we're better than good, even on our worst day. So I'm always intrigued by the quote or specific message that somebody pulls out out of all that Zig shares. So I'll, I'll ask you, is there a personal experience that led to that specific perspective and quote having such great impact in your life? Well, it was just every time I talked to him on the telephone or if I saw him in the hallway or if I met him at a conference, you know, the normal thing is to say, how you doing, Zig? I'm better than good. Yeah. <laughs> and it made an impact on me that, gee, that's that's an attitude. Yeah. Better than good is an attitude. You know, he might have been having some physical ailments or he might have been having some business issues or any number of things could have been going on. But Zig was always better than good, whether he was better than good or not. In his mind, he was. But, you know, you could sit down and say, well, Zig, we got this and we got this and we got this. Well, he's still better than good. So why shouldn't we all be better than good? Absolutely. I do appreciate that. Yeah. It, it, as you talk about that, that even in the realities of our day-to-day -day lives, that there are times when, okay, I may have some challenges, but even saying that statement to somebody is, of course, classic zig of programming myself, calling myself to be accountable to 
a higher calling than just the circumstances. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, hey, before we get into the specific vehicle that we're going to talk about of your expertise, I wanted to talk about the, the foundation that's relevant across uh, so many platforms, which is successful systems. I mean, Zig was, of course, a champion, advocate, and creator of successful systems. I mean, today, Tom Ziegler's primary platform is good habits, and habits, I think, are very much the root of, of systems. So for you, John, where did this originate? I mean, did you find the need for systems when things weren't working to the level of success that you wanted them to, or did you naturally come to understand and develop systems that created your success? Oh, no, I'm not that smart. <laughs> I, I think my first exposure to systems uh, came when a client uh, in, in 1990, uh, interest rates were at like 19 to 20 percent on credit cards. And I had something like, I don't know, $90,000 on credit cards at the time operating my business because that's the only capital I could get my hands on. I had a marketing business. No bank wanted to to invest. They weren't going to give me a loan. I tried and tried and tried. So I used credit cards, but the interest was outrageous. And uh, so I was burdened with, uh, you know, you know, in those days, I definitely didn't feel better than good. I was constantly burdened with that. But at the same time, I had to look better than good and act better than good when I went out to see my clients. And I was in California with, um, with a client, a franchise client at the time. And they put this book in my hands uh, as I was leaving the consulting session with them after a couple of days. And it was uh, Michael Gerber's The E-Myth. And uh, so I had to take the red eye home back to Philadelphia. And I thought, OK, I'm going to read this book. You know, it's something to do. Well, that book set me on fire and made me better than good, certainly. And um, made me understand that forget about the interest, forget about can't get loans. Um, I didn't have good systems in place. And therefore, I was never going to get any place. Well, five years later, I had expanded my business to Dallas. And one of my major clients there at the time, I can't believe it's yogurt, asked me to also oversee the marketing of I can't believe it's yogurt and some other businesses that they were developing. And if you walked out our back door and walked down the alley, you walked into Ziegler headquarters at the time. And so I was, you know, again, God just put me in the right spot. So then uh, one, I think maybe the first product of Ziggs, because at first, you know, your head is just spinning with all this Ziggler stuff that's going on and you're meeting the legend himself. So you can hardly get over that until you start looking at things that he produced. And, you know, you go out and hear him speak and you you uh, look at videos of his speeches, but strategies for success. So uh, Gerber, I became a student of Gerber. And to this day, I'm friends with Gerber. Um, and, and that taught me the underlying fundamentals. If you don't have a system, nothing it, it's not going to work. And then strategies for success. If you don't have a system for me, for John Hayes, nothing is going to work. And that's what Zig was all about. And uh, that's how you get to better than good. So one just fell into another and led me to where I needed to be, to where I understood. And this helped me in my franchise practice because I had franchisors that were uh, hurting more than I was hurting, trying to sell franchises, trying to help existing franchisees, trying to, to get uh, a brand establishment for their businesses. They didn't have good systems. And in franchising, it was very soon after that, that I'm sure I started writing about when you, when you look at a franchise opportunity as a prospective investor, 
Ask about the system. Forget about everything else. Forget about what they sell, providing it's something you want to sell and you can get excited about, and it's legitimate, of course, but forget about what they sell. Forget about how they sell it. Go look at the system. Evaluate the system. And you might discover there's no system or that the system needs updating or the system just doesn't work or whatever it might be. Then run because there are plenty. McDonald's is successful, whether you like McDonald's or not, whether you like hamburgers or not, whether you think their food is good or not. McDonald's succeeds because no one knows how to develop a system like those McDonald's people. And we can all learn from that. You know, John, I, I, I'm kind of smiling because it's such a small world. Uh, we do a lot of work with small business owners who don't have the benefit of a franchise system. They're yeah. left on their own to create their own system, just like you did in your own, yeah. in your yeah, own I was, organization. Yeah. And we've had Michael Gerber come and speak to our group twice. I've yeah. actually I've actually spoken with him in Chicago as well. And so here's the kind of the, the triangle that I see is, is you have to have your own personal system. I yes. say that habits are just systems for your personal life. And then if you're a business owner and a small business owner, you've got to have a system for your business or you need to invest in a business that already has a system. And so it's kind of cool that you're here and we're talking about it because what Ziegler, what you said, strategies for success, that is the system for your personal life. And that's what yeah. that's what dad was. And whenever we deal with organizations that are having trouble, you can always look at it. It's a system problem in the business or it's a system problem in their life personally, because yeah. you can have a great system and the wrong person leading it and you, yeah. you're just in trouble. Yeah, John. And I, to me, go, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, well no. to me, the, uh, it, the 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 fundamental system is the personal development system, and that's where, again, I was blessed to know Tom and 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 to know Zig. But particularly, you know, Zig is gone, so uh, physically he's gone, but his message is still here. His materials are still here, and they are as valid today as they ever were because. I knew that, uh, you know, I wasn't, I couldn't be better than good because I didn't even know what that meant at the time. And I needed to develop systems that would help me to, to do these things. And forget that I didn't have a business system because if you don't have a personal development system and if you're not a, a system for your life and how the business is going to fit in and how you're going to take care of your family and how you're going to take care of your health and all the other things that need to be done, well, forget the business system because that's not going to matter. You won't be able to do it anyway. But once you got the personal development, and that's a constant struggle as well, but forming good habits is part of that, then you've got to concentrate on what to do in the business. And that was so helpful, and this came from Gerber, to be able to understand, here are the five things I need to be concentrating on every day. And if I'm not, then I'm really not building my business. I'm, I'm uh, sucking up time or, or sucking up uh, money or letting it letting things get past me because I just don't know any better. And most most of my clients and most of the people I coach, that's the situation that they are in. They're so preoccupied with all the other things that are going on in their lives that it has nothing to do with what needs to be done because they don't know what needs to be done. And so you build a, a funnel for your business where you say, look, if it isn't involved with this, this or this, don't do it. Go do, you know, you Put it, give it to somebody else, lock the door, and concentrate on what you know has to be done. 
Well, and John, you're going to talk to us today about helping people find who are interested in a franchise, find one that does fit them. We're going to get into that, though. I appreciate you bringing up Michael Gerber. So I was indoctrinated in him in 1996 or 97. I remember the conference I was at, and then we got his books and we spread them out to the business that I was in at that point. And I loved his perspective. We followed it. And I want folks, I want you folks to hear that no matter what your business is, part of, of Gerber and I'm sure your message too, no matter what your type of business that you may be in, treat it like a franchise. If you have no uh, intent to ever duplicate it again, you want a system that runs on its own so that you have a business and not just a job, of course. So I highly recommend that book. I still have yep. one of the ancient yes. ones and today. I, I tell Michael that I think I've sold more of his books than he has sold because <laughs> every place I speak, every classroom that I go into, Every conference that I speak at, I always say, if you have not read mm -hmm. The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, it's a huge mistake. And I say the same thing about Strategies for Success. If you haven't been through a Strategies for Success program, then this is a mistake. You know, those, two, those two pieces alone can, can turn your world upside down in the right direction, and you're on track to be better than good. Absolutely. And folks, if you go look for uh, the E-Myth today by Gerber, I think the latest one is the E-Myth Revisited is what you'll find if you're at Amazon or whatever. So uh, that one is fine. Well, before we get into some of those pieces, John, a statement that you made in some of the just in me getting to know you and asking for, for some content was you said, whatever you something that you're passionate about, whatever you've chosen to do for your career, I'm hoping you're loving it. Life is filled with challenges and your career should not be one of them. So it was an interesting statement to me. I mean, I could say that I want a challenging career in regards to worthy and valiant and, and stretching, but I don't think that's the challenges you're speaking to here in this regards. Tell us a little bit more about it. Well, you know, a lot of people, uh, be, and this goes back to strategies for success and personal development. If you don't have a mission statement, a personal mission statement, if you don't have goals set out for yourself, then you're on the wrong path or you're not even on the path. So if you're not on the path, you're going to end up where circumstances uh, uh, lead you. And uh, that, that's not the way uh, to develop. So then you get into a career and all you do is complain about the career or it, usually it's a job. I hate the job. I hate the boss. I hate what I do. I hate day to day. I want to buy a business. <laughs> I want to be my own boss. Okay. But you haven't figured out yet that, you know, you're not on the path. So you got to get on the path first. And that, that's critically important. Once you do that, then the career, things fall in place with the career, whether it's your own business, which is where I spend most of my time speaking to people about how to do that, or whether it is a really good job that uh, you, know, you love and that, that it motivates you. Okay. Well, so let's get into business systems, successful systems and franchises. That's your baby. And I want to talk on that today. And again, folks, I want you to keep the thread of, as we're talking about literal franchises, getting involved in one that you need to be creating whatever business you're, you're, you're involved in as a franchise. So you cite John that there, that franchises exist. I didn't know this in 75 major industries, but talking about franchises, so when we talk about a franchise, you mentioned network marketing uh, before, and everybody generally has certain uh, perspectives that could be right or wrong, errant maybe, with any term that's set out there. So I thought, let's clear some air on 
franchises right away. When people talk about franchises, what are some common maybe misperceptions that people have when you first speak the word of a franchise, getting involved in franchise? I think the first thing is they think food or uh, fast food, that that's franchising. Yeah. That's one of the 75 industries that we're talking about. So there are franchises. Uh, in fact, I was just working on a writing project and, um, and talking to uh, uh, some franchisors for something that I'm developing. And uh, there is a franchise in, a, in America that is uh, based in South Korea, but it's called I-Level Learning. So this is supplemental education. This is tutoring education. And uh, so developed in South Korea, but brought to the United States and rapidly developing in the United States, uh, a tutoring type of franchise. Well, most people walking into that wouldn't, uh, wouldn't think, okay, this is a franchise, but of course it is. Cartridge world. Everybody, we've all got printers at home and we got them in our businesses. And Cartridge World has millions of customers. And uh, Cartridge World, of course, is also in the United States developing. I think they've got uh, uh, 600 units in the United States. They plan to have 1,200 units in the United States. Okay, so those, those are just a couple that people might not think of right off the bat. One that I have never seen is called Bow Concept. It's a Danish furniture concept that has something like 60 units in the United States since uh, 2012. And uh, so they're rapidly developing here as well. A lot, of, uh, a lot of foreign franchise businesses where their own economy is in a downturn or they've maxed out their development in their domestic market, they need to go to other markets. Everybody wants to come to the 300 and 20 million plus consumers in America. Everybody, every franchisor wants to develop here. So there are all kinds of concepts that you probably wouldn't even know is a franchise. Okay. And I want to ask a bit about that. Just on your personal story, what, what got you involved in franchises? Did you initially create one? Did you buy into one? Where was your participation? <laughs> Another one of those God things in my life. <laughs> I wanted to teach a, uh, I was teaching a, um, I was at Temple University. I was a professor in Philadelphia and I would make extra money, all of $85. I told the university I would teach a seminar on um, how to write a book to promote your business, which is one of the big things. You know, I wrote network marketing for dummies with Zig. Well, I've written more than 25 books to date. Wow. many of them with uh, other people. And those books are usually intended to market a business. That's what's behind those books. So the, the greatest uh, marketing tool for a business is, is books. People don't throw books away. Lots of reasons by that. Anyway, nobody signed up for my seminar. So I never got to teach that seminar. But the university said, three people called you and said, they could not make the seminar because they had other commitments that day, but they need to talk to you because they want books. I wrote all three of those books. Uh, one was on uh, productivity in, in uh, manufacturing, a topic I knew nothing about. One was um, an attorney in Philadelphia, and one was a guy who said, I'm a franchise. Talked to him on the phone. He said, I'm a franchisor. I said, what is this franchise? I had to go look that up. Uh, at the time, a dictionary, you know, you didn't have, this was 1979. And he was based in, uh, he was in a cooperative direct mail advertising, another 
segment of franchising that people would not think about. What is that? Cooperative direct mail advertising. Well, we all get envelopes at home that have 25 or 30 uh, coupons inside the envelope from all kinds of businesses. Those coupons are sold by the local franchisee who sells a coupon to the, uh, to the dry cleaner and a coupon to the local cartridge world and a coupon to the uh, carpet cleaner. And they, when he gets 25 of them sold, he sends them off to printing. He, he's a sales guy. He doesn't do the printing himself. And the, his franchisor prints the coupons, puts them in envelopes, puts labels on the envelopes, and sends out 30,000 of them to uh, a neighborhood that, that he oversees. Okay, that's cooperative direct mail advertising. Okay. So he said, I want a book. Uh, well, I wrote Franchising the Inside Story for that franchisor because I didn't, want, I, I didn't know what to write about cooperative direct mail advertising. doesn't sound very interesting. But I wrote the first book about how to buy a franchise. The first book in America was, uh, but, and I wrote it with John Kinch. At the time, he was this franchisor. And that turned me on to, I didn't even know this existed. Franchising existed. I, I, I thought it was McDonald's. I didn't know it was something like that a sales guy could have a market of his own and go sell something like coupons. What's easier than to do that? And so I got involved with him. And then I contacted the International Franchise Association, which excerpted my book. And the IFA, based in Washington, D.C., Turned me. I suddenly became a speaker at franchise conventions. I wrote articles for other franchisors. I wrote articles for Franchising World. Uh, I was introduced by media all over the world as the guru of franchising. I certainly wasn't that, but nonetheless, uh, uh, I you know I got interested in franchising. It was a great desire, and so that's how I got into it. And you know, uh, Kevin, you asked me about the misconceptions or the the pre-notions that people have. They also, they think, okay, it's McDonald's and it's going to cost me a million dollars to get one and I don't have a million dollars. Well, at the time, this cooperative direct mail advertising franchise would have cost you all of, 1980, would have cost you all of $10,000 to get your own territory in, let's say, Akron, Ohio or wherever it might be, and you're in business for yourself. You're going to get the training of the franchisor. You're going to get support from the franchisor. And they're going to do all the printing and the mailing and the labeling. You don't have to deal with any of that stuff. 10000 bucks, and you're in your own business. Now, it's not that inexpensive today, but many, many, many franchises cost less than $50,000 to get into. So, John, let me, let me ask you a question. Our, our audience, uh, we have bootstrappers, entrepreneurs, yeah. Uh, em- employees. We've got all all different types. And I know as part of your career, you actually have led a large franchise corporation. I'll let you decide if you want to name their name. Uh, I see their signs all the time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I have a lot of respect for what they've done. But one of the things that you worked with them on is, and this is what I noticed, because I've been in the boardrooms of a number of different large franchise organizations. And what I learned in these boardrooms is that there are franchisees or master franchisees who are very, very successful. And then there are others who paid the same money, they have the same system, and they're working in a comparable market somewhere else. You know, it's not apples to apples, but it's pretty close as far as demographics and 
you know, consumerism and everything that's going on, and they're ha- they're struggling like crazy. Yeah. So what's the difference? It's the same system, but what's the difference? Okay, hold okay. on. I got I got to butt in because you're stealing my thunder, Tom. I was going to ask the same type of thing. <laughs> well, because I've got I got a buddy who owns uh, a, a good number of Subway franchises, and he is just rocking and rolling. Uh, and, and now this is a guy I don't know. It was actually a story from my dad, a guy who had some money, wanted to go after franchises. That's the way to go. Went bought a Subway franchise and just tanked. Well. There were some personal aspects to both of them. And so I was going to ask you, John, the same thing to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So when, you know, I spent most of my life as an advisor to franchise companies. And along the way, I bought, I became a franchisee, usually with someone else because I didn't want to go run the franchise. I was too busy. And then the triumvirate was I became a franchisor. And I've got to be, I don't know how many of us there are, but there can't be many franchisee, franchisor, and an advisor to franchise companies. So I ran uh, the business that everybody in America knows as We Buy Ugly Houses. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's not a coast-to-coast franchise, but um, it's it certainly in the day that I, was, uh, that, that I was running it, this was a uh, top franchise operation. We had, uh, tr- you know, if you wanted to buy uh, real estate and you wanted investment property, or you wanted to buy it at a discount and sell it at a higher price, we were the only game, we were the only McDonald's, we were the only, uh, there was no Burger King to our McDonald's is how Mm -hmm. I used to say that. So I became the CEO upon the death of the founder, who was a terrific guy. Uh, I've been blessed again to know some great founders of franchise companies. So when I became the president and CEO, the first thing I said uh, in one of my leadership meetings was, uh, I would like to know who of our of our 240 franchisees at the time, which who, who, who makes the most money for us, the franchisor? And this is something that franchisors don't look at. So um, I asked the accounting department, I want you to give me a list of our 240 franchisees rank ordered by who pays us the most money in a year. I want to know who our best customers are and do I know them? And I was embarrassed to find out of the top 10, five or six, I did not know. I had never been to dinner with them. I'd never talked to them at a conference. I never heard Ken talk about them. Uh, We spent a lot of time with the franchisees who made the most noise. That didn't mean they were bad franchisees. That meant that, that they needed help. And they were contacting us and we had a good time with them, but they weren't making us the most money. The guys making the most money never had to call us because they didn't need us. They took our training, they took our support, and they went and did it. So why? So when I looked at the list of 240, first of all, I drew some lines and I said, see this bottom 25%? I want to know how we got these people and why they're in the bottom 25%. We need to figure this out because these are the people who are draining us of our time, our energy, our resources. They need more of our support. These are the people who need to go back to training. What happened? Did we fail them? Have they failed us? Uh, And we also had at the time, and this was very helpful, a personality profile. And when I looked at the bottom 25% of the franchisees, they had the opposite profile of the top 25% of the franchisees. So then I said to the sales guys, I will not sign any franchise agreements unless 
the personality profile of the franchisee is at the top 25%. I mean, that made sense to me. Don't sell a franchise unless you know you're going to get a winner. And so uh, now, why, why does this happen? Well, for a number of reasons. Same thing as you're talking about in Subway. You know, many, many of those Subway folks are, are scraping together money, trying to make money from month to month. That's very competitive, difficult, uh, low margin type of business to operate. So it's a struggle. But some of them become, I've interviewed them, and they become multimillionaires. And they go on, a couple of them have, have taken Subway into other countries because it was such a great concept. So what's the difference? Well, it comes down to the personality. If, for example, in our business, We Buy Ugly Houses, which the, the corporate name was Homevestors, We Buy Ugly Houses, if you didn't have what we called a red personality or a D, driver personality, you didn't have what it takes to go out and say, hello, Tom Ziegler, I uh, see you want to sell your house, and a uh, pretty nice house here, Tom, and I give you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you $75,000 for it. Tom throws me out of the house because he says, you're cheating me or you're embarrassing me or uh, you're insulting me, $75,000. And many of our franchisees, even though that was the right price, because Tom, the windows have to be replaced. The, the roof has to be replaced. All the carpet has to be replaced. The place has to be painted. It's going to be on the market for 120 days. I've got carrying costs. I can show you why I can only give you $75,000. And yes, Tom, I'm going to turn around and sell it for $149,900. Tom, you could do that too, but you're going to have to put money in, fix it up. And Tom will say, that's why I called you. I have an ugly house and I don't have the money to put into it. Exactly, Tom. Well, the, unless you had a red or a D personality, you could not say that to Tom because you didn't want to embarrass him. You didn't want to, you didn't want to be thrown out of the place. Or you'd say, well, let me go home and do some math, Tom, and I'll call you back. In the meanwhile, our competitor came in with a big D personality offered Tom 75000 Tom was now used to that number because that was the right number. We knew how to get to the right number. And Tom negotiated, and he got $79,000 out of the guy. And my franchisee calls back the next day and says, well, Mr. Ziegler, I think I could get you. No, 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 too late, already sold. Done deal. And that is a huge problem. And again, it goes back to personal development because I would meet with the bottom 25%, and we would also spend a lot of time with the middle 50% saying to them, how can we get you into the top 25% where you're going to make more money and we're going to make more money? Okay, look, you've got to develop these skills. You don't have them right now. You either have to develop them personally or you've got to go out and hire them or bring a partner in who brings the deep personality. So there, there, there's a whole lot behind that. But again, if, if I was able to figure that out and I didn't do all that by myself, I had a great leadership team at the time which was pretty much given to me by Ken D'Angelo, the founder of the company. But other franchisors I've worked with in this capacity facing the same issue. Um, light bulbs turn on when I say to them, who are your top 10 customers? Well, the truth is, if you go into just about any small business in America or any place in the world, because I've done this now all over the Middle East as well, where I've been speaking, uh, gee, I don't know who are our top. Guys, who are our top 10? They don't know. Name me your top 10. No, I don't know. I don't know my top 10. Shame on you. Those are your best customers. You should be whining and dining them and digging in to find out, why are you so good? And I got these 10 at the bottom who are just driving me nuts. I, I, I can't wait until the franchise term expires or comes up for renewal because I'm not renewing these people. 
Well, I'll, and you know, if you, sell, if you sell an exclusive territory and they own Akron, Ohio, you're stuck. You can't develop in Akron, Ohio with this guy. Meanwhile, you're getting no revenue out of Akron, Ohio. Well, I want to dig into into some of what you talked about there, because, again, as we have a, a broad range of uh, in our audience of people and demographics and and different businesses, we have some, you know, we're in we're in an arena, uh, even on podcasting, there's a lot of people in business podcasting that are selling different types of systems, you know, marketing systems and, yeah. and, and different systems that you can apply to any business. But to come back to that personality aspect of it, something that I realized when I, I spent a long time helping people go from transitional, tra- uh, 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 traditional employment to self-employment, and we had some systems you know, that they would go through. And I remember the first time I heard, or probably wasn't the first time, but you know, I hope this will work for me. And, and it started to be a red flag. I hope this will work for me. And I thought, you know what? If you say that, it's not going to, it will not work for you. Yep. You will work for you. No. Now, this is a great model that will help you, but you have to work for you. Do you see that when people are looking at systems? We'll just say systems overall, franchises, but any type of a system that they say, I hope that will work for you, that those are often the people that are putting too much reliance on the system and not enough on themselves. Is that a common issue? Oh, yeah, that's a common issue because people are not prepared for this, you know, because most of us do not spend much time with personal development. Mm -hmm. So it goes back all again to the Ziegler fundamentals. You don't haven't done these things. It doesn't matter what you can buy a McDonald's, one of the greatest franchises in the world. You can buy a Sinorama, one of the great systems in the world, brand name. But you're not going to just like the two guys, you know, one bought a subway, did great owns a bunch of them and you got to own a bunch of them to make any money. That's part of part of that system. The other guy buys one and he fails miserably. Uh, it's all, it comes back to personal development comes back to understanding what the system requires. And, you know, you, uh, Sandler sales was one of my clients. Sandler sales teaches people how to sell, for example. Um, and, if, if you don't have a deep personality, don't buy that kind of business because you got to go out and knock door to door to get clients. And if you're afraid to do that, don't do that. If Don't buy a real estate franchise if you're afraid to go talk to people and possibly insult them with a lowball offer that happens to be the right number. You know, if, if you can't do that, then no, it's not, it's not going to work for you. So the way around that will only sell you a franchise if you show me a partner or you show me an employee who has, and, and he probably, she, she, he or she probably has to have some vested interest in the business to stay with you. Because if you lose that person, you're not, you're not going to buy any houses. And if you don't buy any houses, you won't sell any houses. And if you don't do that, I don't make any money as the franchisor. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every franchise concept has a personality that's needed. Now, the shame of this is, Shame on the franchisor who doesn't know that and who doesn't sell franchises according to that. Because franchisors, many of them, are desperate to sell franchises. So they're going to sell it to you whether you think it's going to work for you or not. You say you want one, you're willing to sign the franchise agreement, pay the money, we're going to sign you up and take your money. You've got to be careful. And so that would, if I'm considering, uh, whether I'm a business owner, let's say I'm an employee somewhere and I'm thinking, you know what? I want to work for myself and I'm picking between starting my own business or buying a franchise. So the first thing I could do is I could do an in-depth personality profile of myself 
to figure out what my strengths are. And then I could then match that to industries or franchises that fit that or types of small businesses I could start and run on my own. Absolutely. You might want to buy an existing business, franchised or not. You know, many people are not cut out for a startup. You should buy an existing subway if you can get one. And you certainly could get those. Uh, or you should buy, uh, you know, an existing whatever, because they've gone through the startup pain that you're no good at. You're good at running, operating a business that's, that's paying you a paycheck every month. Great. Okay. Or, and it doesn't have to be a franchise, you know, generally uh, franchise, part of the reason for franchising and, and why I'm sold on them is because you can find out uh, the success rate of the specific brand before you buy it. You can't do that with a business opportunity. And uh, many of the business opportunities don't have solid systems. Franchises should have solid systems. So, yeah, first thing, personal development. What are you cut out to do? Not only what do you like to do, what are you really good at doing? You already have the skills. And to develop those skills a little bit more, you're going to become the dynamo uh, in the marketplace. And, and, okay, start your own. But if you're going to start your own, you got to realize this might take two or three years of scraping things together to make it work. And that might drag you down. That might drag you down because you, 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 you're not cut out for that. But, and then this is why franchising comes with the system already developed. You know, when a franchisor says to you, we're going to give you the system. Yeah, you're going to give us money, but we're going to give you the system. It's been proven. We're going to give you the training, 20 days of training. We're going to give you follow-up support. We're going to do the marketing for you. We're going to do this for you and that for you. Wow, that's pretty tempting. And yeah, the, the price might be $150,000 to $200,000, which is where if you're going to buy a retail franchise, that's the kind of money you're going to spend. But, you know, you can a service franchise that you operate from home or operate from a car or operate from a truck. You might get into that for under 50, under 75,000. And, this, and what you're buying is the system and the expertise. Well, so your, your website that we, we, of course, have shared with folks uh, prior to the beginning of the interview, howtobuyafranchise.com, folks, is, is the place to go again. I, uh, well, a couple questions because I want to lead into the event that, you are, that you're about to, uh, to have this year. But there, is that a place where I assume they can go and you are going to help them understand just what we're talking about? What is going to be a more fitting type of opportunity for them? Absolutely. And I've, I've devoted that site and my time and my dedication. Most of what I do in franchising is that I educate people. So I often say, I'm not here to, and I don't sell franchises. I'm not here to sell you a franchise. There isn't anybody who's paying me to speak to you or coach you or help you. Uh, if you go buy a franchise, I'm not going to get a commission. That's not, that's not what I do. I educate people about franchising. And, and my point is to, to educate you so that you might say, hey, you know something? I just realized franchising, I thought it was a good thing, but based on this, this, and this, because there's some downside to franchising, I'm out. I don't want to do it. I just did you a huge favor yeah. because I saved you from buying a franchise where you're going to be miserable. Yeah. So I want to educate people about franchising. And I spent a lot of time with personality profiling. Anybody I coach, I insist on the personality profile. First of all, I don't even know how to talk to you unless I know what your profile is. Uh, the DISC profile, for example, the D-I-S-C. 
you can take that online for free. It's easy. It's been around for years and years and years. Well, if I know what your combination of profile, whether you're an I, you're an S, a D, a, a C, once I know that, I know how to speak to you. Uh, you know, I talk fast because I try to cover a lot in a small amount of time. But if you're an S personality, I'm turning you off because I need to speak slower to an S personality because S's need to grab every little piece of information and they can't do it when I speak at my rap. Fortunately, you know, Zig was a rapid speaker too. So, you know, we might turn off the S's, but we click with the D's and the D's by franchises, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I'm big on that. I emphasize to people, if we don't know your profile, then uh, it's much easier. I can match you up to industries and to specific brands within the industries if I know the profile. Yeah. Well, I'll have to say on that, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely high I and almost as high D. So I'm listening to about every fifth, tenth word or so, as you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you have taught for 25 years at the International Franchise Expo at the Javits Center in New York City, which this year, uh, folks, 2016 is June 16th through the 18th. 400 franchises will be there exhibiting. 20,000 people will be attending from 120 countries. John is teaching there. I've got a couple questions on that, but one, I want to let folks know that John has a special offer for Ziegler Show listeners. Uh, free admission. It's $120 value to the, A's, to the A disease of buying a franchise, which happens at the, uh, at the expo on June 18th of the event. So John has three tickets to award to listeners who send him an email with the subject line, free seminar ticket. And all who send him will receive free admission to the event. Um, what I, I don't have the address down, John. What address are they sending the email to? They can send it to John, J-O-H-N, at HayesWorldwide.com. And that's H-A-Y-E-S, Worldwide.com. Okay. So my question is, at your website, so howtobuyafranchise.com, I would assume that if somebody's interested in going to the event, they'd be well off to go first to your, or alongside in conjunction, to your website, get involved there, even to get prepped for how to get the most out of the event, yes? Yeah, a lot of my blogs lately are related, and my podcasts are related to the IFE right now because it comes up in June. This is a huge event. It's the premier event in the United States for franchising. It's the place to go look at what's new, what's coming from other countries, uh, as well as develop brands in the United States um, it's, and for the education. And this is another blessing in my life that this will be my 25th year of teaching the A to Z's of buying a franchise. So it's a three and a half hour workshop where I take people through A to Z. What do you need to ask? What do you need to do? What information will you need in order to explore franchising and find franchise concepts that make sense for you? And it's sold out every year. And um, But I have three tickets reserved that uh, we will randomly select from the Ziegler audience, three people to give one of these $120 tickets uh, to three people to attend on June 18th at the uh, at the Javits Center. Uh, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's highly rated, the program. I've had the, the it's the um, only one that sells out 70 different seminars there. This is the only sellout that they have. Uh, so it, it's a great program, if I'm saying so myself. 
And um, it's I, I get great feedback from the people because, again, I'm not going to sell you a franchise. In fact, I also say I'm not going to sell you any of my books. I'm not selling you any of my recordings. I'm here because you paid me a fee and because IFE pays me a fee to uh, to be here to educate you about franchising. So it's, it's a great place to learn about it. And then you can turn around and go on the show floor and there are 400 plus franchise brands that you can look at. And if I know your personality, then I can help lead you to the booths that you should be going to so that because you, you know you can. You, you can spend three days there and never see any see everybody you need to see. And maybe you didn't see the businesses that would be right for you. And I can help you do that uh, through this um, workshop. Yeah, it sounds like an absolute. If you're interested in buying a franchise, you need to go to this. So again, John at Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S, worldwide.com. Uh, go email him there. He's got some, three free tickets uh, to the thing. But then again, how to buy a franchise.com is your website. Now, if somebody's interested in the event itself, can they at how to buy a franchise.com? Do you have connections, links to the event where they can go? Yes, get I do in my blog articles. Yes, absolutely. I okay. tell people where to go uh, because, um, and again, if they will email me and they want to come June 16, 17, 18, or one of those days, doesn't matter. I think it's a $20 admission, but everybody who emails me, the IFE is going to give them, whether they want to come one day, two days, three days, free admission to the expo. Okay. Well, hey, I want great information. And folks, yeah, it feels like if you're at all interested really in, in getting involved in a business, you should check this out and see if a franchise is for you. And if and if you have an interest on those lines, get involved with John right away. So I want to wrap us up, John, with... Uh, just a story from you on someone who bought into a franchise, a newbie in essence, and maybe somebody who you would not initially presuppose would be uh, the right candidate, and yet they found the right fit for them. They had a good success story because I know in my work with self-employment, there were often times where I would have uh, led somebody away and said, you know what, I don't think this is going to be for you, and they proved me wrong, and I missed something you know, from from them, I missed an ingredient uh, in them or, or part of who they are. So, so possibly maybe a story again of somebody who uh, it was a, it's, it's a great success story. Maybe somebody you would not have initially pegged to be a rock star here. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what comes to mind is um, Harold, a gentleman on uh, Long Island who actually bought a, a Midas muffler mm. franchise because mm-hmm. when he found out about it at an expo, uh, back in, by the way, uh, the, um, the late 1970s, uh, he, he said, that's, that's the business for me. And at the time, he needed $25,000 to buy one uh, on Long Island. And he didn't have $25,000. So he told me, I went and begged my family members, my friends, to contribute anything that they could. And he went to... Uh, Midas uh, uh, muffler, and uh, he only had $20,000. They were so impressed by this guy that they said, we're going to invest the other $5,000. Well, by the time I interviewed him for my book in um, uh, early, like 1982 or so, he owned eight uh, franchises. He owned eight Midas mufflers. He dominated Long Island. He went to work in a limousine. Now, he never... You know, people think, but I, who would want to fix mufflers? He didn't fix any mufflers. He ran the business. He operated the system. 
Midas wasn't looking for mechanics. Um, Midas was looking for business leaders. They can hire the mechanics. And, um, and that's what he did. So he became a multimillionaire. Um, and he, he, he said, I owe it all to Midas. They taught me the system. I listened to them. I got the training from them to this day. You know, he said at that time, I'm sure he's long retired now and enjoying his life. If he's still alive, uh, he had a, a great experience in um, his father had been a milkman, you know, so he didn't have any money. This is what's possible in franchising. Yeah. You know, you know, John, uh, we've become our dad was good friends with uh, Truett Kathy and we're good friends with the Kathy family. Yes. And they just have a phenomenal system they and do. it's a little bit different than, than the typical, but just a couple of things. We had Dan in our offices uh, a couple of years ago and I got to interview him and uh, a couple of points came out. They're getting 20,000 legitimate applications a year for less than a hundred stores. Hmm. Yeah. It, they open up 30 to 50 new stores and they have the others turnover people who are yeah. retiring and they're moving on and so on. Yes. Yeah. And so I asked him, I said, what do you look for? He said, you know what? We could care less if anybody has food industry experience. The only thing that we look for is a track record of success. That's what they seek out. So if you're looking to, to do something in life, the best thing you can do today is to start to create that track record of success. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. And then I Chick -fil -A, that's one of the great franchises uh, that you know people want to work for Chick Fil A and people want to own Chick Fil A franchises. And uh, that Kathy family, Truett Kathy, was a marvelous guy in developing as a franchisor. And and you know history is filled with them. I knew Kemens Wilson, the founder of Holiday Inn. What a wonderful guy uh, who, uh, it, when I interviewed him, he was uh, 85 years old and still owned parts of 50 businesses. And, uh, you know, he was a high school dropout. This was a guy who didn't even have a high school education and got into franchising with, through the back door, actually. And many, uh, Bill Rosenberg, the founder of Dunkin' Donuts, 10th grade education. You know, these are people who instinctively knew. And I think that path to success is so important that if you've, Created success in something else, you can create success with my system too. Right. And uh, you know, those just franchising is full of inspiration. So I asked Dan, I said, every franchisor wanted Zig to come and speak at their conventions. And, uh, and, and Zig knew lots of franchisors and inspired tens of thousands of franchisees throughout the world. Absolutely. I asked Dan, I said, well, if you're only going to pick 100 new ones out of 20,000, what's the deciding question? And I don't know if you've ever heard this, John, but they, their family and the top leadership sit around the table. They've got their last people, you know, people who've made it through all the filters. And they ask themselves this last question. Would I send my 16-year-old son or daughter to go and work for these uh, people? Yeah, yeah good and so what I'm saying is, is that wherever you go to look for opportunity in life, if you take the time, do the research, know who you are, you have a track record of success, you ask the right questions, then you can find somebody like Chick-fil-A to associate with if you meet their standards, or you can go out and start your own. 
but there are so many advantages to knowing who you are, what's right for you, and then finding the fit. So one of the things, and I'll close with this on, on kind of the, the Ziegler side of this, is that if you go to Ziegler.com and you look up why Ziegler, there's a video there. It's a little screen uh, PowerPoint, and it's a, something that Dad wrote called We Believe, and he wrote it in 1974. It actually went in the first edition of Biscuits, Fleas, and Pump Handles, Okay. which then became seat at the top. And at the end of it, it said, our mission is to help you help yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I love having John Hayes on here. He's a good personal friend because he's got information that can help you help yourself. And that's really what it's about. Nobody can do it for you. You have to take ownership of it. And this is a great, great thing to consider. So John, I just, appreciate you being on. I know, Kevin, I'm kind of jumping in on you, but I'll let you take over the clothes from here. But man, <laughs> no, same thing. An honor. I'm always thrilled when Tom says we got to have this person on because it's always uh, I, I get to be a student of this. Thank you for the, the information. Again, John, the inspiration and folks, I hope a lot of you go to how to buy a franchise.com. Get connected with John. Look at the upcoming event in June and uh, John, but just thank you, thank you for uh, thanks for inspiring our true performance today. Oh, thank you. It was a blessing to be on here. I appreciate it very much, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We will talk with you in the next Ziggler Show. Mm-hmm.